You are listening to audio from New Life Foursquare. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org. We're still kind of in our series called Can I Ask That? And I thought of a question that I know many people ask. And over the years, in different ways and forms, people ask this question of even folks like me and pastors in our church. Uh, They ask the question, how can I know the will of God? And this question is a, um, I feel like it creates a little bit of anxiety, um, maybe some confusion with some of us. And so uh, today I want to teach a little bit and help connect this and maybe I'm believing will set some of you free today in terms of understanding the will of God. Because here's here's the reality. Most of us in the room, if I were to ask you, do you want to know the will of God? You say, Absolutely. In fact, I would venture to say, unless you're like a, just a flat-out like, you know, atheist or neo-atheist that don't believe in God, but most people that aren't even Christian would want to know the will of God. W- wouldn't you guess? Like, I would want to know the will of this higher being, whether, however I think about him. Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to know what's in his mind. So there is this thing in our world that is saying, yeah, how, how can I know this and can I even know this? And uh, so I want to unpack this a little bit for us. The scriptures are very clear in that God wants us to know his will. Passages like Ephesians 5 where it says, Therefore, do not be foolish. Tell the person next to you, don't be a fool. <laughs> Go to school. No, just kidding. But don't be a fool. Don't be foolish. But, now notice he doesn't say, but do the will of God, right? In other places it says that. But here he says, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We can't be about doing the will of God unless we understand what it is. And then in Colossians 1.9, Paul says, uh, he says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Yeah, like God wants us to be filled with the knowledge of his will. And it's through all wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives. Another verse in Hebrews says, you need to persevere. That means you keep at it, keep going, don't stop, don't give up, don't give in. Keep going so that when you have done the will of God. Sometimes the will of God is a process of something you got to be persevering at. It's, that's not something that just gets done right then and there in the moment. And you got to persevere in doing the will of God so that you will receive what he has promised. Right? So God wants us to know his will and understand it so we can do it. The problem comes usually when people ask questions like, what is God's will for my business? Should I sell it? Should I, you know, keep going even though it's not looking very good? Uh, things like, what about college? Where do I go? Uh, you know, and, you know, do I even go? <laughs> that, see, it's the will of your parents that you go, but maybe it's not God's will that I go. And if I do go, where? Where do I go? I, I don't make this decision. Um, well, you know, should I start dating this person? You know, and, and uh, should I marry this person? And, and what if they say no? All right? So you got all these different things. Should we have, we're married now. Should we have kids? And if we have kids, how many? How many is the right amount to have in this society? You know, uh, it's all these questions, right? And if we can't have kids, what about... Adoption. Maybe we should adopt. And if we adopt, should we adopt? 
within the United States, or should we adopt internationally, and all of that stuff, right? All the details that sometimes we wonder, what is God's will in these areas? And so, I love asking those questions. I love it when people ask those questions because you're concerned. You want to know the will of God. But this, this morning, I want to, uh, to remind you of a foundation that Scripture builds when it comes to the will of God. And to, for some of you, to set you free from this notion that the will of God is an either-or. And, and I'll get to that in a second, but let me just unpack this, okay? There, there are at least three parts or aspects or perspectives when it comes to the will of God when you see this in Scripture. Uh, and I want to talk to you about these perspectives because it will help you understand the will of God so that you can actually be about doing the will of God. The first aspect of God's will is called the God's will of decree. Let's call it His sovereign will or His sovereign works in the world. The sovereign will of God is marked by mystery. We don't know it. He didn't ask for our opinion on it. We don't get to vote on it, right? It's His will that takes place in the universe that we, like, God's not, you know, um, He's not concerned when things go wrong in the world. Because his, his sovereign will is being, has already been set into motion. And so, God's sovereign will, God's will of decree, as we would, might also say it, is the, it's God doing what God will do, regardless of your opinion. And regardless of what you do to try to mess it up, He's going to get it done. Yeah, so... High five the person next to you. Say, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Come on. It's okay. All the people over 50, this is how we, this is how we hang in this church. <laughs> or just fist pump them. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> God's sovereign will you can do nothing about. He decides it. Let me give you an example. When God created the universe, none of us were a part of that. He, he decided. And it got done. When God called Abraham... You say, well, what, was, what qualified Abraham? We don't know, and we're never told. Why didn't God choose so? We don't know. It's a mystery. It gets in part of God's sovereign will that Abraham, that dude at that time, with that family, he called and chose. God's plan of salvation, which is what we're kind of talking about, his plan of redemption, the cross and the resurrection, all a part of his sovereign will. You can look at history and say, you know what, the Romans killed Jesus. The Jews killed Jesus. But you know what, in the end, God was orchestrating it all to fit into his sovereign plan for salvation. It didn't matter what happened or how it got done or when it got, it was God said, I'm orchestrating all of this. I'm behind it, and my will is going to get done. Let me, on that end, let me show you this. In Acts 4, the apostles are praying together, and they're declaring this truth. They say they're in this group, and they're, it's this intense prayer meeting, right? They had just been persecuted by uh, the temple establishment. And, and they say to God, they're in this prayer, they say, God, for truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. And so he says, they were gathered together against Jesus, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Watch this, watch this to do whatever your hand and plan had predestined to take place. What's that? That is the sovereign will of God, His will of decree at work. Say sovereign will. Sovereign 
will. Let me give you another one. In Isaiah, the prophet says, I, through, God says through his prophet Isaiah, I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel will stand and I will accomplish my purpose. There's a verse in Proverbs that I love to, to quote to people who are concerned about what is going on, what's God up to. It says, many are the plans in a man's heart or a woman's heart, but the purpose, the Lord's purpose will prevail over your plans. This is the sovereign will of God, his will of decree. So you don't need to worry, man. You don't need to worry. I mean, you know, like, isn't it great what happened recently over the past, uh, the past week with North and South Korea? Who would have ever thought, right? Now, there's some people I know, even within our own church, that are going, dude, this is like, like he, like this North Korean president, he's just doing, like he's got a plan, you know, and we're looking, we're wondering, there's no way he would have done this, what's going to happen, so we're all skeptical about it, you know? It doesn't matter what his plan is, God's will, his sovereign will, is going to get done. All right, so you don't need to worry, you don't need to worry. Um... There's a problem with this, though, right? Can you think of the problem? If God has sovereignly decreed and he's going to do what he's going to do, then where does that leave us as human beings? Are we, are we just, look, you know, these, all these pawns and pieces on God's big chessboard and he's just kind of m- manipulating us at will? Is that what's happening? You know, is this all fate? You know, know, it's like the the Tagalog version of whatever happens, what happens, it's it's just up to fate, the fate of the universe, right? And the answer is, of course, no. Because when God made humanity, he made us in his image, he gave us the power to choose. Because he wanted people, he wanted, (laughs) he wanted humanity to love him back. And without the option to choose, you cannot love. Without free choice, there cannot be love. So God creates this universe, he puts us in the garden Adam and Eve in the garden, and he says, you've got, I'm going to give you dominion over all of creation here. And you're going to start with the garden. And he gives them free choices, right? But they chose wrong. They chose against God, ultimately, and broke the world through their sin. And so now what happens is what's introduced into the human race is now the possibility to completely break and distort all that God has designed. And that's exactly what sin does, doesn't it, in our lives. It distorts the good design of Creator God for our lives. So God has to step into human history. And He has to say, listen, this has gotten so far out of whack because of sin that I need to show you how to do it right. I need to show you how to love me back I need to show you how I originally designed life to work. I'm coming on, bro. I really am. You know why? Because, listen, our culture has so distorted the values of stuff like, let me just give you one example, okay? I'm just speaking. I, I know that I didn't prepare you for a, uh, a, a PG-rated message today. But listen, the sexual values in our society are so out of whack, folks, and, and this is the world we live in, okay? 
So when things go out of whack, let's say in the area of sex, our sexual lives, God has to come back and say, let me show you how this was originally designed. One man, one woman in the marriage covenant. Now you can call that prudish, you can call that whatever, you know, that's just being, but listen, it's the design of God and it's his, okay, this is the next part. This is why when God says, in order to restore humanity to its original design, I've got to communicate. Now, here's the second part of his will. I've got to communicate my revealed will. I've got to communicate to them how to do this right. In the area of relationships, in the area of their own choosing what's right and wrong, okay? This is why the Ten Commandments were given. We look at all that and we go, yeah, 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 don't do this, don't do that. But in the original context of the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments, the thou shalt nots, were given as an act of love and grace from God to show us how to love God back, to, add, to put boundaries around our life. Listen, sin will always break all the unhealthy boundaries. And God says, no, no, I'm going to communicate my, the will, we call it his will of desire, his revealed will so that you can figure out you can begin to learn how to live in my original design because that is where life is found amen, amen. <laughs> all right i'm getting somewhere you might also look at god's will as or his revealed will as his ways that are higher than ours his superior ways you know it's, it includes the the principles in god's word it includes god's character and his nature includes the things that he clearly says of us, this is what I will for you. Uh, let me give you an example. In First uh, John 2, it says, Don't love the world or the things in the world. Anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, for all that is in the world. Okay, so he clarifies. He's not talking about the people of the world, right? He's talking about the spirit that's in the world, that's shaping uh, worldly desires. He says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in its possessions is not from the Father but from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But watch, but watch. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So when he says, when he uses the will of God in this verse, which will is he talking about? Is he talking about the sovereign will of God? No, he's not. He's talking about the revealed will of God. You can't do it if you don't see it, if you don't understand it, if it hasn't been revealed, right? Okay, so this is a different aspect of the will of God. It's his revealed will. Look at, look at Hebrews. Now, the God of peace who brought up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, which is Jesus, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, may he equip you in every good thing to do his will. Love that. Working in us what is pleasing in his sight. And then Jesus even says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who, who, who what? Who does the will of my Father in heaven. There it is again. This is not the sovereign will of God. This is God's will of desire, His will of decree, the clear way that He reveals to us what He desires from us. And this, when it comes to this part of God's will, we get to choose whether or not to obey it. We get to choose life through obedience, or we, we choose by default death. I love this verse. He says in Deuteronomy, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever that we may do 
all the words of this law or this revelation from God. So here in this verse, did you see it? The, the sovereign, mysterious will of God is combined with the revealed will of God. The secret things, the sovereign will of God belong to God. Don't worry about all that. But the stuff that's been revealed have been revealed for you to do, to obey. Very, very interesting. My son um, has gotten into this video game called Fortnite. And all of you gamers in the room will understand. Uh, you know, we, we, we put appropriate limits. He can only play on weekends with his cousins and stuff. And it's like an online game. And uh, you know, he puts his headphone in there and he's playing this game. And it's whatever. <laughs> so the other day I saw him on YouTube. I like, what, what, are you, what are you looking at in YouTube? Because, oh, it's, I'm watching Fortnite. Okay, it's a video game. So he plays the video game on the weekends. But when he gets stuck, he gets on YouTube to watch someone else play the video game. Okay, so just follow me. A video game is already one step removed from reality. Now, you're watching someone else play the video game. Two steps removed from reality, right? Okay, now why is he doing that? If, if he was playing it, if he was watching that video and he said to me, Dad, this is such a great video to watch. And I'd be like, why are you watching that video? Well, this is a great video to watch. Well, no, no. The point of watching the video of the guy playing Fortnite is so that you can go back to the real video game and apply what you're learning from that YouTube video. Do you get it? Folks, this, okay, I know in the video game world, this is, that doesn't make sense, right? You would not watch P90X on sitting on your couch eating popcorn, would you? You know what P90X is? It's an exercise program. Would you put on an exercise program, a workout video, and then sit on the couch and eat popcorn watching it? Whoa, look at those moves. They're awesome. Wow. Look at those abs. Right? But this is what we do with our spiritual lives. We come right into church and we go, God, preach me a good message, Pastor. Oh, that was great. Uh, you know what? Pastor Ken's not here this week. It's not going to be so good. So the point of, of you coming here is not to consume the Word of God. It's to do the revealed will of God. We're here to equip you to get out there so you can do it. Come on. Tell the person next to you, do it. Just do it. <laughs> you guys feeling it? This is going to get better in a second. Because listen, that, we get that, all right? Everything we're doing here in the life of this church is helping to you to understand the reveal will, revealed will of God, what we see in Scripture. Here's where we get kind of confused and anxious sometimes, is when we, when we come to God with these questions about some of the specific um, decisions in our lives, you know? Which Starbucks drink should I order today, God? You know? Hey, you know what I'm saying. Should I sell my business? Should I go to this school? Should I marry this person? Should I do all those different questions about specifics? This aspect of the will of God. So we have the sovereign will of God. You'll see this in a second. Then we got the, uh, the revealed will of God. And then we have what we call God's will of direction. His, his will that, where he gives us specific 
wisdom for arenas of our life that, watch this, are not necessarily right or wrong issues. They're not necessarily moral issues. Everything we need to know about how God feels about what is right in this world and in our lives and wrong has been revealed in the Word. Most of the things we're asking when we're talking about specifics of our life are not necessarily moral issues. Is this morally right? Is this morally wrong, right? Should I, you know, should I go to um, Har Harbor College or should I go to Cerritos College? I don't know. It's not a moral decision. You know what I'm saying? Should I go to this church or that church, right? Uh, you know, should I date this person or that person? You know, sh should I buy this car? I mean, whatever. A lot of stuff that you ask about that are non-morals. So we want God's wisdom in these areas. And usually when we're asking the question about God's direction, we're asking questions of what, when, and where. What, when, and where. What should I do in this situation? Where do I find a good life partner? You know? uh, when is all this going to happen for me? When is my big break going to come? When is clarity going to come? All right? We're asking sort of these non-moral questions. And so when it comes to the will of God, here's what I want to say about this or this part of God's will. Um, we, we don't want to confuse uh, this revealed will with God's direction. And, and I grew up in, you know, the Pentecostal church, which is what we are. And so it's very easy, you know, to, to hear people give you direction. Prayerful direction, prophetic direction, you know, where people prophesy over you. I don't know if you, some of you grew up in, in these, those contexts, but, you know, I grew up in, in, a, in, we grew up in a church, and this is a church that believes in the prophetic and whatnot, and we want to, and people speak, you know, a specific revelation over our lives and stuff. And sometimes it's easy to take that stuff as the revealed will of God. Let me give you an example. Like, years ago, some prophetic dude told me, I was going to get married in three years from that, that time that he told me. Thus says the Lord, you're going to get married in three years. Well, as a 22-year-old man, I'm like getting all excited. Well, get me ready. Who is she? Right? I was looking at all the girls in the church going, is it her? Is it her? Is it her? Right? She's going to be the belle of the ball. I remember that. I don't know why I remember that part of the prophecy. She's going to be the belle of the ball. She's going to be the prettiest, right? So I'm looking for the prettiest. <laughs> By the way, let me, just, let me just debunk this notion. For some of you grew up with this thought that God has the, when it comes to marriage and stuff, life partner stuff, God has the perfect person in his will for you. The, the right, exactly, there's, and, there, and there's only one of those. This, this is how I was thinking back then. Oh, she's going to be the belle of the ball. You're going to get married in three years. Yeah, which is the perfect one in your will for me, God. But let, let's just, like, think ourselves clear with that, all right? So this is why I have two water bottles. And a, um, so, so let's say George um, believes that Jane is the perfect will of God for him, like the one perfect person in the will of God to marry, right? And let's say Jane believes the same thing, right? Okay. 
So there, in order to be in the perfect will of God here, we got to be married, right? But for whatever reason, let's just say that instead of marrying Jane, George marries Karen. So now, 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 he, okay, he's no longer, like, he's totally, he married, he didn't marry the right one. He married the wrong one, okay, okay. because she's not in the perfect will of God for him. Okay, just, just think with me. So now, <laughs> Jane over here, who, whoever Jane marries is obviously not the right one either. Whoever she marries is the wrong one. And then the person that Karen was supposed to marry, who's not even here, let's say this is this person, he also ends up marrying who? The wrong one. So by your dumb choice in not choosing, thinking you chose the wrong one, you have just thrown off balance the whole romantic balance of the universe. And everybody's marrying the wrong one. Everybody's having the wrong babies. Everybody's, right? Great job. Way to go. You married the wrong one. You see how crazy that gets? I believe that there are more than just one right one for you when it comes to marriage, young people. What we need to do is what I'm going to show you in a second is we need, to, we need to focus on doing the revealed will of God and all the specifics of the, direction, of the specific wisdom of God for specific areas of our life will become clear. Right? But sometimes I think it's not just with, you know, finding a life partner, but other decisions in life. Sometimes I think that um, God is sitting up there and he's saying to us, listen, um, you're asking me what you want or what I want for you, and I want you to make a decision. So think with me about this. If, if you raised your, your son or daughter, and you, you taught them, you know, how to, um, let's say, how to clean their room the right way, okay? And then at age 35, they come back to you and say, you know, how do I clean my room? You'd be concerned, right? How, do I clean my room now? Do I clean my room now? When they're asking you questions that you thought you had trained and taught them to make good decisions about when they were younger, right? You'd be concerned. I sometimes think God looks at us and says, listen, I put you in a good, I've, I've revealed my word to you. Read it, understand it, study it. I put you in a good community of people that love me, and there's, there's safety in that community, there's belonging. I've given you spiritual leaders to help you discern kind of my voice, to understand the scriptures, to provide support, and to listen, all that stuff, right? I've, put, I've given you everything you need to learn. And you're going to ask me, and it's fine that you ask me, but I'm going to say right back to you, you choose. That reflects maturity, doesn't it? Now I get it. It's okay to ask God, what, you know, what college do I go to? God, I got, got accepted by four schools. Which one do I go to? And I feel sometimes God says, use your brain. Like, discern who are you? What do you value? And then go to those campuses. Visit each one. 
and get a sense for, is this the kind of environment that connects with what I value, right? And then if you narrow it down from four to two, take your pick, whichever one gives you the most money, right? Because in my mind, and I even think in God's mind, it doesn't matter which one you choose. What matters more is who you become when you get there, is how you live when you get to that campus. So th this is this want to show you. Okay, so when it comes to God's will of decree, let's back up a little bit, zoom out. When it comes to God's sovereign will, His will of decree, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to trust that and let God be God. When it comes to God's will of desire, that white part of the bullseye here, His revealed will, what we do is we learn what that is. We do the Word of God as we learn what He has told us to do and revealed in His Word. And there's another part to this I won't go into. It. But when it comes to His direction, what we want to do is we want to seek God's wisdom and act. Make a choice. This is why most of you won't make a choice is because you're seeking the wisdom of God, but you're going, no, I'm, I'm indecisive. I don't know. Should, should I date this person or should I date that person? Should I go to this school or that school? Should I, and, and, you're, and, and at some point, you've got to go, God, I'm just going to go make a choice. How do you make that choice? You start with the, will, the revealed will of God to help you decide. And then when it comes to the specifics, you trust that God's going to reveal them. So, um, here's how this works out. In Colossians chapter 3.17, watch this, says, and, say the word with me, whatever, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The whole context of Colossians starts out in chapters 1 and 2 showing us the supremacy of Jesus, the supremacy of Christ, how Christ is putting all things together under his feet and how he's holding all things together. He is supreme. And so when Paul says these words, whatever you do, he's basically saying when you submit to the supremacy of Christ, that you embrace Christ as the glue that holds everything together, you submit to his rule, then the will of God is whatever you do, as long as you do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you see. In other words, you don't have to worry if you're going to, you know, some of you look at the will of God like a, like a, you know, like a tightrope. And you've got this sort of, you know, this balancing stick and you're trying to walk the tightrope. God, am I going to make a wrong decision? Am I, oh, if I fall, if I don't choose the right way, I'm going to fall off the other side. Ah, you know, God's will is not like that. His directional will is not like a tightrope, folks. The will of God is like a five-lane superhighway, and the on-ramp is the revealed will of God. So here's how I want to say it: When you walk, notice how I reversed it here. When you walk in God's ways you will always be in the center of his will. What do I do about all those decisions I got to make, Pastor, about this and that and this and all those specifics? You don't need to worry about those. Focus on what does God clearly tell me to do and to be in this situation. All right, let's play it out. 
Is this person that I'm building a friendship with the right person for me, God? And you could lose hair and sleep over that question. Instead of worrying about it, focus on what kind of person does God want you to be in that relationship? And whether or not they are the person you're supposed to marry will become clear in time. Be the right person for that person. Here's the verse. You ready? And I close with this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So notice how I switched the, uh, the directional will from the orange to the white, right? Because when you're, in the, when you're walking in the revealed will of God, you're always going to be in the will of God. No matter what you decide in the areas where it's not clear. So he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways... Uh, one translation says acknowledge, another translation says submit to Him. What is that? That's submitting to the revealed will of God. Submit yourself to Him. And watch, when you do that, He will make your paths straight. He will direct your paths. Don't worry about the decision. It's gonna, God will show you. That's why earlier when I said surrender to the Lord, surrender. Uh, Revelation is a prize of surrender. If you're looking for some kind of clarity on God's will for you, directional will, like what, where am I supposed to go, what am I supposed to do in this specific situation, start with surrendering to his revealed will. And if you stay in the safety of that, God's directional will shall become clear. Come on. Amen? Oh, it doesn't sound like this is really hitting some of you guys. So listen, I'm done, but listen. I feel like some people look at this and go, you know, God, I've messed up my life so much. I've made some, so many poor decisions. Um, I wasn't wise in an earlier season, earlier time in my life early on. And I know some of you live with some regrets. And maybe you even think, maybe I missed God's best for my life. You know, everything I'm doing, am I, am I missing out on God's best? And I want, to, I want you to see this and how this connects Ephesians 1 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him, watch this, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Which will is this right now? His sovereign will. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. So when it comes to directional will, guidance I need to receive, Some of you might feel like you made the wrong decision. Maybe you did make an unwise decision here. But here's what I want to say, and I want to close with this thought, that if your heart gets centered on the revealed will of God, what He has made clear for you to do, then all the whatever mistakes you think you made when it came, comes to your life direction will get covered by the sovereign will of God. That's what this verse, I think, is saying. I may, have made, I may have made some wrong turns in my life, but I'm going to get focused on doing the revealed will of God, and God's sovereign will will cover and redeem those regrets and mistakes. How many of you use GPS? How many of you use Google Maps? <laughs> Listen, I loved my Google Maps. 
And one of the reasons I love my Google Maps app is because when I get into the car and I don't know where to go, I type in the address, and a very pleasant female voice starts speaking. You know, I've got you know Bluetooth, so it's all—it's like surround sound, you know. <laughs> and um, and that voice is not uh, is, is telling me is directing me, but it's, it's not nagging. You know, it's not like you know. Whenever I make a wrong turn, does it say you? Why did you make a wrong turn? You know. This voice, whenever I deviate from the plan, from the the direction I'm supposed to go in, what does it do? Rerouting. He, he, she doesn't condemn me. She doesn't make me feel inadequate. She doesn't reject me. Like I'm falling in love with this woman, man. Who is this girl being this, this Google Map for you? <laughs> Instead, she reroutes me. That's what God is doing with many of us. You just got to type the address and you just got to say, God, I want to go wherever you want me to go. And when you make that decision, when it comes to his directional will for your life, even if you mess it up, he'll reroute you. And he will accomplish his good purpose over your life. Amen? Come on. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. And I want you to stand to your feet for a moment. And I want us to just pray over this because I know, because I speak with some of you, <laughs> I know there's some critical decisions that some of you are facing right now in life. I may not have mentioned them as examples here, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, decisions that aren't necessarily, you know, morally right or wrong, um, but they may involve moral issues. Uh, decisions that involve relationships. Decisions that involve ministry involvement. When and where and how should I get involved? And what's your will here, God? What's your process here? And I want you. I want to pray over you today. I want to pray that a that Bible. At the very beginning, we said this is the prayer that that we would be filled with the knowledge of God's will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So, listen, I know I, I kind of tried to make all these distinctions, but there is a place for God specifically directing you in very specific areas of life, right? There is a place for that, you know? Like, for example, when Jonah went to Nineveh, God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah said, no. And God said, you're going to Nineveh, whether it's willingly or by fish, you're going. Right? So there are some specific things that definitely God says, yeah, I want this for you. And, and I know that some of you are facing those kinds of decisions. So I want to pray that prayer from Scripture to, today over you, all right? So if you're here, and just make this your own prayer to the Lord. Lord, for the specific arenas of critical decision-making, some are here, and they're wondering what to do with the rest of their life. They're wondering what to do with... The, the, the gifts and the talents you've given them, with the experience that they've gained. There's some here, Lord, who are facing decisions about whether to buy or sell a home. You know, and, and where they're, you know, going to live. There's some who are facing decisions about their career. You know, should I stay? Should I continue? Um, should I pursue something else? I mean, 
And they're all very important decisions. You care about every one. And so I do pray that as they, as they choose to follow your revealed will, what they do know is true about how you want them to live and the kind of people you want us to become. As they commit themselves to living in obedience to that, that you would make clear that you would give them, Lord, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you would fill them with the knowledge of your will through the spirit of wisdom and revelation that only your Holy Spirit can bring, and that the decisions that they need to make would become clear, whether it's through other people, whether it's through dreams, whether it's through, you know, unique, unusual forms of guidance, that you make your directional will clear to them, direct their paths. I bless them with that. Every young person in the room, Lord, that's facing decisions about their future, I bless them, Lord God, with the knowledge of your directional will for their lives as they commit to follow your revealed will. And even if we make mistakes, God, along the way, which we probably are, that we can trust that your sovereign will covers it all. You're going to get us to where you want us to be in the end. And we commit ourselves and, re- and surrender ourselves to your total will today. I pray this, Lord, now in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen and amen. Yeah, turn to the person next to you and say, do the will of God. Do the will of God. Thank you for listening to audio from New Life Foursquare, located in Harbor City and Norwalk, California. Feel free to make copies of this audio to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or change the content in any way without permission. For more information, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org.